how have you been so resilient? Resilience is the biggest part of my life because it's a muscle that I, I learned how to, mm. to, to strengthen. It's a muscle that I didn't have. And I always say nobody's born with resilience. It's a muscle that you acquire. When you want, you get the muscle for yourself. And for me to be where I am and to, to be able to lead other people and to be able to, 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 to understand myself, I had to, to understand that I need to take pressure from so many other things. And I needed to live in a, in a focused way and not be willing to bounce back to, to, the, to any setback that I come. And I have seen so many setbacks in my life. Mm. But I have had my fears that always in, uh, in, that has made my resilience muscle very strong. And that one is a self-awareness. I have taken time to be self-aware. I know my needs. I know my boundaries. I know what I can do. I believe in myself and I know how much I can go. So mm. self, being self-aware has been able to help me. And so, I always, and another thing that I have taken time and I always look after is self-care. I never forget to have fun, no matter what. <laughs> fun is part of my life. Welcome to the Impact Leadership Podcast, brought to you by Cardavera, the leadership development ecosystem that helps you grow your people, grow your business, and grow your life. This is episode 77 with a really unique and special guest, Eunice Nunya. This is titled Thriving Past Trauma, Resilience Tools to Help You Survive and Thrive Through Life. Eunice is an intuitive psychosocial counselor, empathetic storyteller, speaker, mentor, and life coach. Most importantly, she's a survivor, a survivor of trauma, specifically a rape survivor. At a young age, she was raped by a police officer in Kenya, who is now a high-ranking public official in that country. And she has not only survived, but thrived from that traumatic experience and now created an organization called Wounded Healer, specifically woundedhealer.org. Eunice is here to talk to you today about resilience, about overcoming, surviving, and really thriving through the traumas of her life. She's had an amazing story. She's dealt with that rape in her early age. She's dealt with a son who was born from that rape, dealing with the trauma of the rape, the shame within her family. She's lived on the street with her son, went on to get her degree. She now has a degree in counseling psychology. She's also currently pursuing a degree in a master's in peace and development. And she's here to talk to you today about resilience, what it takes to be resilient. This is what I love that resilience is a muscle that we're not born with that must be strengthened through our traumas. She's going to talk about the vital role of self-awareness, believing in yourself, self-care. And here's this cool part, being intentional about having fun is part of resilience. And as Craig, you and I both know, resilience means having relationships with positive people setting clear boundaries and holding them. 
to get ready to learn not about just overcoming, but separating the difference between being resilient and tough and just dealing with things versus navigating, learning, and becoming self-aware through your trauma. You definitely want to listen into this episode. We've all had our challenges in life, and Eunice is here to show us a path through and beyond our traumas. podcast where we explore leadership business and personal growth to help you grow your business and live a richer life we're your hosts jeff dishwitz and craig matthews we believe that leaders have to put their people first and if you don't have time to grow your people then you're not leading get ready for conversations that will challenge your thinking and help you transform your leadership and your business welcome to your bigger business and bigger life Craig and I are excited today because we have what I know is going to be a very unique guest, not just because of the wisdom she has to share, but she's had a journey that, uh, well, in some ways, very few people have walked, but in some ways, way too many people have walked. Mm. And we're going to get into that in a moment. So today we have with us Eunice Nunya. Uh, she is from Kenya originally, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, from sure. Kenya. She's an intuitive psychological counselor, an mm. empathetic storyteller a speaker and the founder of Wounded Healers Kenya. She mentors children. She's a business and life coach. She has a degree in counseling psychology from African Nazarene University. She's now pursuing her master's, I love this, in peace and development. Wow. Boy, the world could use a lot more masters in that, maybe even just an undergraduate in that. Mm -hmm. She's a regular speaker on mental health, well-being, perseverance, resilience, and transformation. And you're going to find out why in just a couple of minutes. So welcome, Eunice. Welcome. Thank you so much. So Eunice, give us a little bit about your background story that gets us here today. Um, um, I'm 32 years old, so you can imagine the whole story behind 32 years. Anyway, <laughs> I'm born and brought up in Kenya. And um. I I am born in a culture that's a bit different. Like, I don't want to say different, but a culture that a woman, me being a woman, I'm not expected to get education and I'm supposed to get married. Education is for men. It's a more men world community. But I was able to to get through my way and to get to where I am today. So um, I'm the last born of family of 12 and I got an opportunity to go to school from the whole family and to go to university. But my life has not been easy. For me to get uh, the education, I had to struggle my way. And I, I, I always feel in scholarship and looking for assistance to help me. And I was able to, to go to school and get scholarship, but it could not even pay my whole school school fees so i had to struggle to go and work to get my certificate but anyway i i left uh high school a strong grade i always say that i was a bright kid and but me leaving high school my my grade were taken away but when uh, i was raped when i was 17 years immediately after i did my my form four 
and I was raped in the process of trying to get myself education, to try to get myself also trying to get myself money to pay for my education, to get certificate and to continue with my life. And that thing really brought me down because I got of it. And I couldn't just understand how and why the, my life had to be like that. But right now, I don't, I don't regret what I've gone through, but it has shaped me to be who I am today. So I got uh, a child when I was 17 years and I was, it was a very difficult time to raise that child and to be, even to be able to relate with him. And again, I gave birth and I wanted to go to school and now I have a child and my family cannot even support me because they couldn't take in the shame of me having a child and a child who does not have a father. So I lived in the street with my baby and all I wanted is to threw away the baby because for me he was the shame of my world wow. and in school I, I i forgot that i even ever wanted to dream to go to school but mm -hmm. through well wishes i where i was living in the street people how i talked and frustrations were were speaking even louder than anything mm -hmm. else so one day one person said that i really want to help you because i was skinny i was just miserable and i was able to through so many people many people have taken part in my life and i was able to go back to school and especially counselors i never knew what counseling psychology is but i through interaction with people i was able to meet a counselor and they helped me understand that i needed help help that me myself i did not know so i went back to school in university in college first to do my diploma. And when I was doing my diploma, I could go to school with my child, hmm. child that I still did not want. And everybody was not understanding how come this girl is coming with a child. And we used to be very unkept. But school fees is paid. I have school fees, but I don't have a way to go to school. I don't have a person to live for my child. And I didn't have a way to deal with my shame that much. So in school, a chancellor could always notice me coming with a child and drop the child in school compound and go to class. And he used to watch me for a long time. Every day, come, leave my child. He who was like a street boy. My child is a, my, my son is a son. He was like a street boy in school. And everyone knew her. Give him leftover food, give him things to play. And after class, I would just take my child and go back home. And it got to a point that I didn't even see the value of this education, the, the shame, the student, the other hmm. classmate making fun of me. I remember, I always say, I remember one girl who used to guess the next T-shirt I would wear the following day because I had a few. So if I'm not wearing yellow, most probably tomorrow I'm going to wear the pink one. And wow. it used to be true all the time. So they were, they were basically making fun of you just because yes. you were poor at that time yes wow and i could not even understand my whole class i would cry and they are like what's going on so anyway hmm. i started coming together the lecturer started talking to me they everybody hmm. who could see me tried to talk to me and surprisingly because i was also surprised the last exam i got a distinction hmm. 
And I knew that I got a distinction because I did not continue after I did my exam. I didn't even go for my results because I was like, I'm done. And then my the graduation day, I was just going to pick the certificate because it was a mandatory to go to, to the graduation. So I went with my son again to the graduation. And the chancellor read my name first. In the Department of Counseling Psychology, he said, Macharia Yunis Nuna. Like, I didn't even hear what he said. Like, I, it was not me. <laughs> and I, started, I was like, those people, maybe they were also feeling pity for me and they give me grades or something. So I didn't take that one as a, as hmm. a compliment. And that day is the day that when I went to pick my certificate with my child, the whole school was surprised and they, I got a scholarship there and there to do my degree. Wow. So I went to the school and now it started making sense of who I am and what I can bring to this world. Hmm. And I went to school and I did counseling now with all the power, knowing that it has helped me who I be where I am. And that's this is what I wanted to do the rest of my life. That's what I did. I did psychology with only one aim to help another person who have who is going through trauma like I went through. Wow. And along the journey, I was able to get a big job with a non-government organization. And I started my leadership there. I started leading. In school, I would lead. I would start telling my story. I started talking about myself. I started opening up in front of people. And I realized that I had a skill of speaking, had a skill. Mm -hmm. People would listen to me. And I was like, wait, just me? People listen to me? So that's how I started forming up and knowing what I, I really wanted to do. And I started the nonprofit. The wounded. I, I started supporting survivors even before I started a nonprofit because I didn't know the process of doing all the nonprofit thing. And I just wanted to look for other people and just help them. So I would go to the slum, I would go to churches, I would go to places. I didn't know whether I'm a preacher, I didn't know whether I am. <laughs> I didn't understand what kind of a person I am, but I really wanted to talk to people. So, um, so, so it all came back to you really wanted to serve other people who were in crisis. Yes. And so everything that you were leading up to at that point, your education and then the, the speaking, all that was for a specific purpose. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Everything started coming back to people. Like it, whenever I am with people, I, never, I could not miss words to tell them. I started getting a very strong relationship with my child again. And he started, him, he started becoming like a counselor too. Like he could copy what I'm doing. When he got <laughs> to school, he realized, oh, someone has problem with the eyes. The eyes are, like, I became a doctor to him, a veterinary, a dog is, is sick. He saw everything in me. As and how someone, old was he at that he's point? 13, uh, he was, by then he was six years. I, wow. The first the first years of my child, we didn't have any, I didn't breastfeed him. Mm. I didn't have any relationship with him. So when it started coming, he was like six because I had no option other than raising him. And he started becoming that person who could give me strength. Oh, he go to school. He would tell everybody, you have a problem? My mom can help you. Wow. So I started, I started realizing how even, even my child can notice. 
So anyway, I started as the nonprofit because I really wanted to support survivors of sexual violence. Mm. I wanted them to to be heard. I want them wanted them to know that I have gone through the same, and that's how I started talking in public, looking for them, buying food. Kenya is Kenya is a country that I would say is a poor country, very marginalized people in the slums. So and they just need basic needs. So I used to buy food like a one kilogram of rice and just take to them and they would be so happy and they would feel the love. So I, I wanted to do that much and much more in a legal way. So I started the nonprofit called Wounded Healers. It's basic Wounded Healers is basically me is an organization that's made by women survivors of sexual violence who are thriving and ready to fight and to end the cycle of sexual violence. Hmm. Uh, I started the nonprofit 2018 that's basically made by violence who are thriving, who really want to see the end of sexual violence right. and to also talk about the rape culture because it's a, it's a culture, you know? Hmm. People, whenever I would speak, whenever I go to places and speak, I never miss someone who would come and tell me they are survivors, but it has, they have normalized it because of the culture that we have. Right. The, the culture uh, fuel the act because, and they don't want to say it. And again, the government, sorry, they don't give us the opportunity to express themselves. You go to, mm-hmm. to the police and they are the first people who are saying, where are you? And to, the sad thing is I was, the guy who raped me was this, so I never had any trust hmm. with him. Well, in fact, didn't you, Eunice, didn't you, if I remember part of your story, you pretty much had to leave Kenya. Yes. <laughs> so I started the nonprofit, and I started becoming very popular. I started talking about sexual violence, media, uh, social media, TV, newspapers, and I got people who wanted to even add more skills in me so that I can be able to do whatever I wanted to do. But now, me, I, I gave a speech in front of the president, and it was, you know, because pe- people, it was a gender, um, gender-based violence campaign going on. People were like, when it happened, go report. When it happened, you should go and report. And to me, I was sitting and wondering, who are you saying to report to? They are the people who abused me. So. Um, when I gave that report and I was, I, I was talking about, before you tell somebody to report, ask who is they going to report to. So, and everyone was like, wait, who is this girl? Who, what's going on? And the guy who raped me is now a very senior person in the government. Mm. So he would, he's seeing me doing all this. The website is on. I am in the news. I am in the newspaper. He would see. And he knew I had a chance. So he started following me. He started wanting to break me. He, want, he, he would appear to me and telling me to, to be silent. He wanted to silence me. And he would tell me the only evidence that you have is that boy. And if, if I get rid of him, nobody will ever know. So uh, 2019, I lost one of my best friends through mysterious. He was, she was found dead after we had a campaign talking about sexual violence in a time like this, 16 days of activism. Mm. 
and we were we were going around and saying even police need education police are raping people police are killing people and that day she didn't even we we i just left her and after two days i was told that she's dead she was found mm. so and the, the when i followed i the the case the the same people the same police who came to me and telling me silence they're the one who reported the as evidence so to me it was it was questioning for me and i knew my life is in danger mm. so one day i was sitting in my office because my office now is public people are coming in and out and i'm sitting in my office um and he just appear 6 p.m. at night and mm. he tell me like this is the last warning you have to keep quiet you pull down your story pull down the the everything that you have and start a new life and i knew this is not something this is not a battle that i was willing to give up so i had to go i i had to wow. separate my son and my son was taken in by by people other people and me I came to the us so that's how i am in the us and it has not been easy for me here but I think this is the best thing that has happened for me. It's another opening for me that I could not see, but now I see. So Eunice, your son is still there? Yeah, my son is still in Kenya. Wow. You know, <laughs> right away my takeaway is so many people talk about the obstacles they have in their life. Yeah. And I'm just overwhelmed by your story of what you've already had to overcome and how you've overcome it. And I want to talk more about all of that because and this is, I, I kind of want to say to myself, really, you thought you had a tough day, Jeff? Right. Um, so let me just summarize what I heard. So your, your, your rape was when you were 17. Yes. Um, you have a son from that. Mm-hmm. Uh, dealing with a lot of shame, not only your own shame, but the shame put on you by others, Yeah, living on the streets with your son, going to college from that place, taking your son to school every day, apparently excelling in college. Uh, you didn't even know it in a way mm-hmm. until you got mm-hmm. your certificate. Uh, and then you started speaking out. And I hear very clearly you have a, a passion to help survivors and to change mm-hmm. these cultures. And you've been threatened uh, over and over and, and, and perhaps violence done to people around you uh, all is a way. Then that's brought you to this country just last about a year ago, right? Yeah. It's, it's been 11 months now. Okay. So I, I, there's so many questions I have, Eunice, but I guess I want to go to the first one. A lot of people, hear stories and you have an incredible story already and what they want to know is but the kind of the how like what's the what's been the how of your resilience how did you how have you been so resilient resilience is the biggest part of my life because it's a muscle that i I learned how to Mm. to to strengthen it's a muscle that i didn't have and i always say nobody's born with resilience is a muscle that you acquire when you want, you get the muscle for yourself. And for me to be where I am and to, to be able to lead other people and to be able to, to, 
to to understand myself i had to to understand that i need to take pressure from so many other things and i needed to live in a in a focused way and not be willing to bounce back to to the to any setback that i come and i have seen so many setbacks in my life mm. but i have had my peers that always in uh, in that has made my resilience muscle very strong and that one is a self awareness i have taken time to be self aware i know wow. my needs i know my boundaries i know what i can do i believe in myself and i know how much i can go so mm. self being self aware has been able to help me and so i always true. and another thing that i have taken time and i always look after is self care i never mm. forget to have fun no matter what <laughs> fun is part of my life and yeah. how i have fun is very intentional that i, I just don't want to say oh i'm having fun so i'm going to drink myself and no it's very intentional that i know this fun i am having is not going to have a negative impact in my life mm. and in my child in the and in the people that i serve and another thing for that strengthen my resilience is keeping the relationship with positive people right and people have, who have a purpose because these worlds have i think the biggest percentage of of the world is negative and being able to differentiate how to focus how to be self aware self care and maintain the positive relationship it's not easy and especially like where i am right now in america in a land that i didn't plan to be here i don't know nobody i have been trying to the law itself is is overwhelming for me so having maintaining the the relationship i have a very small circle of friends that only those i know that are going to add value in my i just don't need a group of people i look at the value i always i have a i always have a why question personal why question why do i need you in my life even before we continue which which kind of value are you bringing in my life so the question relationship positive relationship is very very important to me and i'm very mindful even if i meet you and i realize that you're just a negative energy i'm very mindful to let you know that i just don't want us to be enemies i just don't want you to see me in a different thing because i love human i love people mm-hmm. and how the if i always say the hostility the hostility that you bring to me is from your self content So I'm very mindful of of how I interact with you. Even if I realize your negative energy, I'm not going to brush you off. I'll just tell you one or two things and let let them know, hey, this is not the right time for us to be friends. But yeah. when we work on this and this, I would want to help you. I always give everybody an opportunity to make them better. But again, I don't just want to concentrate on that negative energy. Before I I make a conclusion you're negative I have tried to understand why are you hostile to me what's going on maybe they have gone through rape like mm. and they just don't know how to deal with it so they are bringing them to whatever they are just projecting to me or to the world 
So I always want to take time to understand why you behave the way you are. It's good to have those boundaries. It's it's amazing how much it it affects our own self-care when we set up those boundaries and say, you know what, I'm not going to let this in. I can evaluate that. Like you were saying, yes, I'm going to listen to that person and, and at least understand where they're coming from. I want to understand that, but they don't have to be a key person in my life. Mm-hmm. Let's take a quick break and hear from our sponsors. The Impact Leadership Podcast is brought to you by Cartavera. Cartavera is a leadership development ecosystem with training, coaching, resources, events, and a community to help you grow. At Cartavera, we believe that you can't grow a business bigger than you, that your company is limited by your growth. We blend personal growth with leadership, team, and business growth to give you a single place to grow your people, grow your business, and grow your life. You can find out more at cartavera.com. Welcome back. One thing that I don't know if you heard yourself say this, Eunice, I really, it really struck me. You talked about the people that you serve, and that spoke volumes to me because so many people say the people I work with, whatever they are, but you went and you said, these are the people, you focus on the people that you serve. So speak more to what does that mean to you to be in service? Um, I was saying in service to other people <laughs> mean to me that I, whatever I give, come back to me. Mm-hmm. And it come in double. It come in a bigger way. And I have, I don't, I don't want to say that I have made it in life, but I have realized how it is like to make it. I don't think there's hmm. somebody. That's <laughs> a good distinction. <laughs> Wow. I have I have realized the feeling like I know how I feel so good when I serve someone and that's how I that's where I want to be. Yeah. That 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 point is I just don't want to even think of another thing. Mm-hmm. And when I serve people, when I am there, when I'm giving myself, I don't have money to give. I just have skills to give mm-hmm. and uh, listening ear to somebody who needs to be. That's listened. huge. That's the most valuable thing we can give. And I receive it because mm. the energy that I give, the energy connect me with amazing people who yeah. add even more to me. So when I serve, it come double to me. What, what I think is interesting about that and also what Bob Berg put in his book, The Go-Giver, is that it's really about giving without any expectation of return, mm-hmm. but yet knowing that by giving, it's going to come back in maybe not the exact same way, but in a different way. But it still comes back. It, and even if that's not the return, the the joy that you see in somebody else when you serve them mm-hmm. is it's it's payment enough, right? Yeah. Well, a, a question I'd like to ask you, Eunice. You know, you talked about resilience mm-hmm. and you talked about being a muscle. And you used, I think, a really important per, uh, word you said intentional. You talked about intentional with fun, but I want to about, talk about intentional with resilience, because Mm -hmm. there are millions, tens and hundreds of millions of people around the world who have gone through significant events in their life, Mm -hmm. but it didn't build resilience. Mm -hmm. It didn't. I mean, a lot of people will say, well, I went through some really tough times, so now I'm tough. (laughs) But that's not the same as resilience. So can you talk about, you know, why has your trauma resulted in resilience and maybe why it doesn't for others and how they could look at it differently. Hmm. For me, I was saying that trauma 
and crisis for my life, let me talk about myself. I always want to look at it as an opening of a large life purpose. Mm, yeah. And it may not it may not make sense to people because especially someone who is in pain right now. I always try to avoid the 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 phrase that says everything happens for a reason. But somehow I feel like everything happens for a reason. Mm-hmm. And you know, resilience is like just like I said, is a muscle. It's something that you just need to show up. Show up for, for yourself and stay stay present in what you're going through. And be intentional. Like you, do, you don't have. So when when someone is in pain, we try to try to cover up. To like, oh, we don't want to face. We don't want to feel the pain. So we are going to try to suppress the pain. And, oh wow! And suppressing the pain. I give an example of like putting a ball in a swimming pool. It's gonna even you pull. You if you push the ball inside the water, push, push, push. At the end of the of it all, it's gonna come up with a lot of pressure and it's gonna bounce back. So, right. if you put you continue putting the pain, suppressing the pain, suppressing the pain, and you don't wanna face it, at the end of the day, it's gonna come back to you and you'll come even more painful and even more hmm. than how you maybe have dealt with it when it happened. So. Have being intentional of feeling the pain of this inner situation that you have is the only way that you're going to deal with the pain and be be strengthen the you because you're showing up for yourself, you're being present for yourself. You know that this is a time, this is a season that's not so good for me, but I know my tomorrow or the other minute or the other time I'm gonna be a better person. And that way you are able to you know, to to build on that muscle, to build on and strengthen the muscle so that when anything happens in the future, if anything comes up in the future, you'll just go back to the muscle that is already strong and draw the strength to work from it. Ah, so good. I, it's, it's funny that you brought up the, the ball because that's something I've talked about a lot, Eunice. The, I talk about the beach balls and Beach balls are meant to have the, the purpose of a beach ball is fun. Mm-hmm. And it and the beach ball, the problem is when you try and hold it under the water, it's not fun. It just creates more and more stress. And the only way to release the stress is either let some air out of the beach ball or let go of the beach ball. Mm-hmm. Let it just let it out. And I think so many, and I think part of it, the culture in this country, at least in the United States, mm-hmm. has been what you said to turn it off, pretend it didn't happen. Oh, yeah. Let's comfort it away. The masks. The masks. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I've interacted with so many people in this country, not saying that other countries do not, people don't put on the mask, but I think the biggest, the biggest group of people in America are wearing masks. And deep into their life, oh my God, they're miserable. Well, it's interesting you say that for two reasons. One is uh, my second book was called Unmask. So it was about the fact that people wear masks and they're always trying to be what they think they're supposed to be. Right. The other part of that is we've had so many guests, Eunice, who've talked about that. The, I, 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 usually I'll say to someone, why do you think so few people 
dive in and do the work on themselves? And most everybody, the answer has been because they don't want to feel the pain or they haven't felt the pain enough to get to that point. That's the reality. To get on the other side, you have to go through the pain. Oh, yes. Not pretend it doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So have there have talk. I want to keep coming back to this idea of resilience because you've clearly been intentional about resilience. And I suspect for you that is very different than just being tough. Yeah. <laughs> but what's the, what's the difference between resilience and being tough for you? I I think um uh for me what I can say in resilience is is intentional. You just want to you just want you just want to have that. You just want to deal with with the with the pain, you just need to deal with whatever is going through. But being tough sometimes is just could be a donkey attitude sometimes. Like I don't care. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I just it's I just I just don't care what's gonna happen. Oh I have met people who say is that I'm to this didn't make when okay, sorry, I we're we're losing you again, Eunice. Yeah. I've met a few people who have been telling me that what difference does it make in trying to work on themselves right now? Mm. So they don't want to work on, like, for example, if you lose your brother, your sister, people die in your family and you get used to the pain, you know, you don't deal with it anymore because you, 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 they say, I am used to it. I don't cry anymore. Why? Because I'm used to the pain. That's, that's not, that's not the resilience. That's being tough. Like you want, you, you just want to, it's happening. So there's nothing much I can do. And being tough is just like, I would say it's like that, the ball we are talking about. If you become tough, you can't be tough for a long time. If you don't deal with uh, whatever is going through and say, oh, I'm a tough, oh, I'm a warrior. I am, I'm a tough person. It's still going to come back in one way or another. And when other things, other different challenges come, you'll not even know how to deal with. And maybe that's why we have so many cases of depression. Wow. Because someone wanted to be tough and we cannot avoid uh, pain. We cannot avoid crisis from happening. Other continue happening and happening and happening. And later, because you never dealt with the first one, because you were tough, you just go to depression. Well, when you think about resilience, I guess I'm I'm coming coming up with ideas as you were talking about balls earlier. The difference between a rubber ball and a steel ball, and mm -hmm. when you're when you're resilient, you bounce back. Where, yes. Whereas when you are trying to be tough, you're just putting on this outer skeleton or outer shell that doesn't allow people in, which means that you don't have a lot of the joy in life. You don't have the ability to connect with people in the same way because you're putting up these barriers rather than allowing life to interact with you mm -hmm. it, yeah you see that or is that am i off base here yeah i i'm in fact when you're saying that i'm thinking of about an example that i had i'll take you back when i started my nonprofit. um registering a non-profit in kenya was not easy for me because of uh sorry to say our government is very very corrupt and mm. when you start a nonprofit, all they see is donors money 
they don't see the help that you're bringing the community. They see the money. Wow. Oh, the non-profit have a lot of money. You're going to get money. You're, all those things. Mm. And I got a lot of discouragement when I was doing this because I'm not the only survivors who ever existed in the world. Right. I'm not the only counselor, the only passionate woman that have been seen in the in the world. When I was doing this, I I went, I started registering it into the girl in 2017, but I only got a certificate after a year. You lost me? No, we we hear you. Okay. So during that time, I brought in people because I want as I waited for my certification, I was still doing the work anyway. But I was doing the work from my own pocket money. There's a post that I wrote on LinkedIn that I used to sell eggs on the road. I used to 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 I used to have a cat and I would sell eggs, boiled eggs to people. And they would give, the money I would get, it would give me transport to go and visit the other survivor. So my journey has been tough in making that organization start. And I could not do that alone. At least I needed someone to help me sell the eggs when the day I'm going to see the survivor. And I would leave, I would get someone, someone maybe steal from me, or I'll get someone and they just decide they're not going to sell or sell, bring in their eggs and sell theirs in my cart. And when I come in the evening, all my eggs are there. So they, I don't have my food to eat in the evening to feed my son. And I don't have anything. Like I don't have anything. Wow. But I, I never gave up. I, 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 at some point, I was like, I used to feel like I didn't want to give up now. Because those are the setbacks that were so hard. Because remember, I had just resigned from a big organization, big nonprofit where we used to do harm reduction for people who use drugs. But I, that was not satisfying for me. I wanted to support survivors my own way that I felt was the best, the best way. So I would bring in people, oh, I would advertise, tell them, this is what I'm trying to do. Do you want to come and volunteer with me? And they would come expecting that I have something. Even if they are volunteer, they still expect I give them some something. So, so many people came in my life. People came in. I was seeing a friend of mine trying to do what I'm trying to do. Or people discouraged me. My family could not understand. Why are you leaving a good job to come and resign and not start this, this selling of eggs on the road? And... I got a lot of discouragement and difficulties from the government, from my family, from, I could not even pay my child's school fees. Mm. But I, okay, I got three girls who I brought in an idea. Please help me do this work. And they were like, yeah, sure, we're willing to. And after some time, they just vanished mm. out. I gave them and me and what you're trying to do cannot go anywhere because we have seen their organization doing the same thing you're doing. And how how believe in you? Who is going to even give you even a sign? But inside me, I knew what I do to people will come back to me. 
that is too strong in me. When I help someone or when I do good to people, it will So I was left alone with no certificate, with nothing. And as I'm told, I, I just gave, gave up hope and I started looking, applying for jobs, but it never came through. I had to go back to the dream, like this is maybe what I really need to do. And I started knowing that no matter what come, I have to do this. And I knew this is the resilience that I'm talking about. I have to be strong. I have to face whatever is going on. I made Google my brother, my best friend, my everything. I would (laughs) ask Google, what do I do in case of this? Because I didn't want to ask anybody to get the negative feedback from Mm. nobody. So I always asked internet. So Eunice, this is an interesting question to me about resilience, because certainly resilience is to some degree about overcoming the past and dealing with the pain, for sure. Yeah, yeah. And it also feels like what I'm hearing you say is also about how do you move forward with this resilience? And I keep hearing you talk about how important your purpose is. Can you mm-hmm. talk more about how your purpose has made you more resilient? Uh, my purpose, my purpose is me, has been all my life throughout. Having a clear vision for me, and I, I took time to articulate and engage with my vision myself, even before I brought the vision to the world. I wanted to understand the vision, what did it mean to me as Eunice, even before I give it to somebody else. So uh, when, when I always look at my purpose, the, 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 my pain is my purpose. And having a child, raising a child who has put in no plan is also another thing that fuel to my purpose because I have tried to coach him to be, I would say, the best man. I'm not a man, so I have been trying to coach him as a man that I am not. But my purpose to making, to adding the sexual violence and to adding pain and to giving people an opportunity to better their life has always made me want to do more and more. Research, read, interact with people, and Focus, because every day in my life, I want to remind myself, what's the purpose? What's the purpose? What's my purpose for the day? How does today contribute to getting to the my biggest purpose in life? So having that focus and knowing where I'm going has always made me work on everything, work on myself, work on my relationship, work on interaction, and work on becoming a better person myself even before anybody else. Well, I tell you, Eunice, I've talked to a lot of people who say they have a purpose, and I don't know that I've ever heard and more importantly felt someone's purpose more than I just did. Mm-hmm. And I loved how you talked about looking at your purpose every day, not just this big grand purpose, but what's today how do, what I heard you say is, how do I live my purpose today? Yeah. Such a good question. 
Because, you know, it's very easy for us to say we have a purpose, we want to see this in the, in life, we, we're working toward this. But it's, it's also another thing of asking yourself daily, what have I done today to toward the purpose? What, what did I do today right. that has made me even come closer to what I dream of? But if you, do, you don't do nothing today, that means the purpose even is still even way far from getting it. So every day is ask yourself, so for 24 hours of today, I remember my purpose to add sexual violence. What did I do today to come close to the vision? Wow. I feel challenged. Yeah, very much so. You know, so we had a guest um, earlier this year, Eunice. Mm-hmm. It was a very different topic, but he said something. He said, Everybody, most people say they're passionate, Oh yeah, but they're really just interested mm-hmm. because if you're really passionate, you do things differently. You do, you do things more boldly. You are more resilient. You're more consistent. You overcome. And I'm, I'm really feeling that sense of passion that comes from you. Just literally your lifeblood is your purpose. It feels like. Oh, yes. Sounds like that makes you more resourceful as well. <laughs> yeah, and for I think for a purpose can be as as wide as as anything. It can be so big, but and sometimes it's not even achievable. Uh, you you must even have a purpose, a vision, and all things, but it, it may not even make sense to you. Like sometimes I ask myself. Who doesn't make sense to me? This is my vision. This is my purpose. But does it really make sense to me? What am I doing to myself? You know? And I just don't want to die before I, 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 I at least, even if I'll not come, I'll not have achieved, even if I'll not have achieved the vision that I have, I would want to die knowing that I've left, I've created a bridge there's someone else who is going to run with hmm. my tag to get to the next person. To- I, I guarantee though, Eunice, you've already inspired so many other people that the work will continue. Yes. That's, that's, I think that's the main purpose right now. I have a vision and a vision is, is far way ahead and I cannot control the nature. So what I'm doing today is who else have I brought in my life? That if I fall off today, that the other generation, have I prepared the next generation that if today I'm not there, do I have that one person that I know will will move ahead with my vision? And for now, the person that I have is my son because he knows what I want. And I always coach him and remind him, this is who we are. And we did not choose to be here we are today. Because it happened, what else can we do? So I want him to, I want the next generation to grow knowing that even if I'm not there, I'll be read in the books. This was my vision. And because I'm not there, someone else is taking over. Well, Eunice, you have, you have certainly inspired me. Yes. Um, and I'm, what's the feeling right now? I am humbled. I'm humbled by your story and your passion for your purpose. 
Uh, and as, as Craig said, I'm confident you've already planted those seeds that this will continue and you will continue to every day. Uh, thank you for bringing this to us, not just your story. Cause I think so often people share their story, but they don't give people. So what am I supposed to do with your story? Mm -hmm. You know, like people say, well, if I've, if I've been through what Eunice has been through, well, that was, that made me feel better, but my story's not her story, but you've really, I think, given our listeners some real tools of how to take whatever their story is and turn that into purpose and resilience. And, and also even, you know, the idea of just self-care and all of that. So thank yeah. you for the wisdom you have brought uh, out of trauma. And I appreciate that you were willing to share that. I mean, it's, to me, it's incredibly courageous to be able to share that story and that kind of depth and what you've gone through. And I, I just really applaud you and, and commend you for being able to share that story and that mm -hmm. you are helping other women deal with that as well. Um, my mother was raped when she was 17 as well. And I've never really had that conversation with her about that, but I think you're encouraging me, you know, through this conversation here to maybe ask her about that. Uh, I will say that she is one of the most positive people in the, on the planet in my life. So Eunice, wow. we, we always want to uh, give our guests an opportunity to tell us what's going on. So what, what, what is it you would like to highlight for our listeners promote? Maybe it's just what's going on with wounded healers, Kenya. Um, what I want to highlight first before I say what's going on uh, with Wounded Healer Kenya is I didn't want any person who is listening to me or from wherever to, to try and take ad advantage of any developing opportunity that they get. Any opportunity that come their life, they, they just need to wait and just know whether it's adding value in their life. And when they they realize what value it's adding in their life. Let them take advantage and take risk and be confident in themselves. Because that's what Wounded Healer is all about. Um, so what's going on with Wounded Healer is that I train women and children on self-defense. It's so unfortunate or un mm. unfortunate that I am in America right now. I'm not doing it. But I have a team, people, I have staff, who do that for me? So we train children and women. Self-defense is is just a, a curriculum that I developed from my own story and my interaction and my policies interactions, and it's create more awareness of what sexual violence is, and how to prevent it and how to go about it when it happens. And we also have a a physical practice of self-defense. I just self-defense is a skill that I train people children and i give them an opportunity to fight is a self-confident tool hmm. uh i'm also inviting as many people as i can um to wounded healer to give skills to give anything to give donations because i i have been i have personally been funding the organization by myself but it has gotten to a point that i cannot do it anymore the need is even more than what I can provide. So I'm inviting people to come and support Wounded Healer Kenya. 
in any way, either skill, uh, materials. We are in a process. We are in a process of building a, a shelter, a dream shelter that's a hub for empowerment. We are working to empowering people, where a shelter that, that survivors and other vulnerable people will come, and learn, get skills from there, get empowered, and carry on the dream. I dream to, to reach to a million people, but I know I cannot reach to, to a million people. I just need to empower people to empower each other, one another. So I'm building a rescue center because for me also safety is important. I'm only, maybe I'm in America because I could not get the safety that I wanted in Kenya. And I ran away for my safety. So I'm trying to bring safety to the girls that I have by building a rescue where they will come and find love, find healing, and also get empowered. So it's a project that I'm having. I'm raising money toward that. And wow. also uh, other thing that's that I, I am talking to people about is like, I have, um, I'm a speaker and I'm looking for platform that I can speak and maybe uh get money because i don't work in america because i'm not authorized to work and i'm hoping that in in future time i'll get an opportunity to be able to work and become legal and and have status that would allow me to work in here so um uh, what's going on i'm looking for platforms to speak platform to offer my skill platform that i can have to show the world what I have and to network with people and to make money for myself and to make money for my child and to make money for the organization. Because speaking for me is the only source that I can be able to use right now. I also have a business and life coaching platform. I talk to people, I have a website. If you check www.unisnuna.com, unisnuna.com, you're gonna find uh, my website on life coach. Oh, yeah, so that's basically what's happening. I have in Wounded Hill, I have been able to rescue. I have rescued 13 girls by now who I'm providing care. I'm providing wow. the shelter. I'm able to give them a place to stay. Food, especially with this COVID 19, has been a very hard time for me to be able to provide for them. I tried to look for people to connect with the girls so that they can get an opportunity to go to school like I did. Because I believe education come with a lot of confidence. And because I, I don't have money to fund their education, I'm always looking for people to connect them with them and fund their education to and better their life. Yeah, so that basically that's what's going on in Wounded wow. here in Kenya right now. Well, well, thank you for all of that, Eunice. We will make sure to put all of those links both to your own website, uh, the Wounded Healers website, all of that. We will put that out on the show notes and make sure that gets shared. <laughs> we always uh, finish with a question or two. And the question I'd like to ask you is this. You've talked a lot about resilience and you've talked about it, leadership too. Mm -hmm. And my question is, who has been a leadership mentor for you in your life and mm -hmm. why? I, I really like listening to, to John Ma, Jack Ma, the Chinese leader in, here in America, because I think 
he has the biggest charisma that mm. I would want to, <laughs> to see. He's very philanthropic. He has a story behind whatever he do. And his way of leadership just, just give me goosebumps. Wow. I haven't heard of him before, so I'm, I'm just looking him up now. So thanks for sharing that. Well, you gave me goosebumps today. You know, yeah. <laughs> I am, I am so grateful you were with us. And like you said, everything happens for a reason. And going back to a month ago when we were both invited to a call for the first time and they did breakouts and you and I ended up in a breakout with five people. And I heard 30 seconds of your story and said, uh, we need to get Eunice on here. So thank <laughs> you for being for here. And, and thank you for being here. But most important, I want you to hear this. Thank you for the passion with which you live your purpose. Yes. Uh, as you were speaking, uh, a quote came up to me that a lot of people don't like this quote. It's, it's a very um, uncomfortable quote. And it's Martin Luther King Jr. Mm -hmm. And he said, if a man has not discovered something that he will die for, he isn't fit to live. And that sounds harsh until to me, you hear someone like you tell your story and then I go, I get it. I get it. So thank you for the work you're doing in the world. Yes, thank you. For the that. only thing we have to fear is fear, fear itself. itself. <laughs> thank you. If you like this podcast, you'll love the Cartavera Tribe. The Cartavera Tribe is a community of growth-committed leaders who want to connect, engage, and grow themselves, their people, and their businesses. Cartavera is a leadership development ecosystem with training, coaching, assessments, and events to challenge you and help you grow. And the Cartavera Tribe is a membership like none other. You'll get live access to Craig and Jeff where you can ask questions, as well as masterminds where you can get answers from other leaders who've already solved your greatest challenges. You'll have access to additional interviews and a variety of courses, tools, and resources to help you achieve your biggest goals. We have monthly game days where we have challenges and competitive games to help you grow your leadership capabilities. And you'll get a personal growth Sherpa who will guide you to help you reach your growth goals. To find out more, go to cartavera.com. That's C-A-R-D-I-V-E-R-A.com. See you on the inside. Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not. It's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because... The news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased and essential world news daily.